that is going to do that very thing. That if we will do what I'm going to be sharing, which is simply straight out of the Word of God, we're going to go up another level. You are going to go up another level in your spiritual life. That is, you're going to grow spiritually into the fullness of the stature of Christ. And um, what I'm going to begin sharing on today is the power of a disciplined life. And today I'm going to talk about the benefits of having discipline, the benefits of a disciplined life. Now, when I say discipline, that's like a four-letter word to some of you. But you know what? You have a desire for something, a desire to reach a certain destination. So you have desire and you have destination. But the way you turn desire into actually arriving at the destination is discipline is in between. God can give you a desire, but if you don't bring training and discipline into your life, you won't reach the destination. So we're going to go up another level. In our private lives, you're going to grow spiritually. And so let's just read 1 Timothy 4, verses 7 to 8, and let's see what the Word of God has to say to us, and let's begin talking about this in the next few weeks. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales, but rather, now say this with me, everybody, train yourself to be godly. Who, who is supposed to train you? You. Train yourself. Train yourself. Now, for physical training has some value, but godliness has value for everything, for everything, holding promise both for the here and now and for the hereafter. And so we're going to look at this one part that I've underlined, training yourself to be godly. Father, thank you for the Word of God today and what you're going to do in our lives. Lord, it's time for the church to be red hot and effective and influential and powerful and anointed. And we know that, Lord, we will get there turning our desire into an actual destination by the medium of discipline. Lord, change us. Take us up to a new, new level. Take every person in this church and by listening by radio to a new level, the level we've really wanted to go, Lord, but haven't had the discipline to get us there. Lord, do it in Jesus' name. Now, will you breathe a prayer and say, Lord, I receive your word today. Change me. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. And <clears throat> this is maybe not a necessarily a jump up and shout message because we're talking about discipline. But oh my, will it bring the desired results? Yes, it will. How many of you ever wished that you had greater discipline in your life? The rest of you, you're lying. You need to come down to the altar and repent. We all wish it. We all wish we had greater discipline in our life. How often have you said this? I wish I could make myself do, and you fill in the blank. What would your life be like if you had the discipline you wish you had? What would you be enjoying right now, experiencing, achieving, if you had the discipline you wish you had? What kinds of spiritual benefits do you suppose you would be apprehending right now, you would be receiving from God if you had greater self-control and greater personal discipline? Well, I think we all know the answer to these. We would be receiving much more and achieving much more, reaching much more, doing much more, 
In fact, enjoying much more if we have the discipline that we wish we had and that God wants us to have. Now, in the next few weeks, here's where I'm going to be going. I'm going to be sharing with you three private disciplines and three public disciplines that I guarantee you will absolutely establish godliness in your life, consistency in your life, and spiritual growth in your life. Guarantee you. Now, two weeks ago, we shared this message, who's your teacher? Do you remember that message, who's your teacher? That's a million-dollar question, and it has a lot to do with discipline. Who's your teacher? We saw that if you're a Christian, Jesus Christ is to be your primary teacher in life and in living, in morality, in ethics, in your sexual lifestyle, in your understanding of family, your understanding of God, your guidance in marriage, in every issue that depends and and pertains to life and living, Jesus is our primary teacher. Now, if I was to go out there and I were to go into any restaurant and just say, what does Jesus mean to you? They say, well, he came to earth to get me to heaven. Or he's all about making it to the sweet by and by in the sky someday. He came to get me into heaven and came to forgive my sins, and that's about as far as they would go. And it's amazing the disconnect that the church has between Jesus as Savior and Jesus as teacher. There are a lot of Christians who say he's their Savior, but he's not their primary teacher. They are allowing the culture to teach them instead of Jesus Christ, and that's why there's no fruit and why there's frustration and why there's no influence of the church on the culture. Now, I don't know where you folks are today, but I tell you, I've got some alarm bells going off inside of me, and I know that it's time for the church to rise up. It is time for the church to take a stand. It's time for the church to shine. It's not for a time for a watered-down, diluted, polluted, compromising church. It is time for a church that is red-hot, filled with the Holy Spirit, and influential for Jesus. I am so sick and tired of listening to mediocre Christians and mediocre preachers giving a mediocre, watered-down sermonettes to Christianettes who wouldn't know the Word of God if it bit them on a good day. We need to know the Word of God. We need to be saturated in the Word of God. And folks, we need to be what it says about John the Baptist and Jesus in Luke 180 and Luke 240. It talks about Jesus Christ and John the Baptist and tells us this about them. They grew mighty in their spirit. They grew mighty, Herculean, strong in their spirit, man. That's where we're going. If the church can get some discipline and begin to seek God, the church is going to begin to make a difference. It's time for the church to rise up in the United States of America And I don't know where you are with that, but I am like, it's time for the church to rise up. So for that to happen, Jesus has to be our primary teacher. The Bible says in 2 John verse 9, anyone who wanders away from the teaching of Christ has no relationship with God. But anyone who remains in the teaching of Christ has a relationship with both the Father and the Son. Do you see there's a direct correlation between Jesus being your teacher and you and I being able to walk with God? If you depart from the teaching of Christ, then you're going to be taught by somebody else. And if you're taught by somebody else, it's going to affect your walk with God. So our primary teacher is Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? Amen. 
Now, the disciplines we're going to be looking at in the next few weeks were taught by Jesus, our teacher, and modeled by Jesus, our teacher. And John said, if you'll follow them, you'll stay in close fellowship with Jesus, your teacher. Now, notice the Scripture says, let's get right down to it, that in order for you and I to be godly, we're going to have to train ourselves. It takes training. Now, that word train is taken from a Greek word that we translate into gymnasium. So when it tells us to train ourselves, the Living Bible puts it this way. Take the time and the trouble to keep yourself spiritually fit. So the, the word there for train is taken from the Greek word that means gymnasium, and it literally is to exercise. We are to exercise ourselves in the things of God. Now, we live in a day that places a huge premium on physical exercise, and I think physical exercise is fine. It's good. Uh, I, I do physically exercise. I train. Matter of fact, I cycle. Now, let me draw a little illustration for you. In August, I'm going to be uh, cycling in what's called hotter than hell. It's the, it's the closest to hell I ever plan on getting, but it's called hotter than hell. It's a 100-mile bike ride uh, that you, you launch in Wichita Falls, and uh, uh, Kathy and I are getting a room there, and, and the next morning I'm going to get up, and she's going to bless me as I go and, and bid, bid me Godspeed, and then she's going to go back to sleep. And I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to hit it. And, and um, so just the very thought of going 100 miles and 105 degrees, I know this, that the, where I am right now couldn't go do it. So I'm going to have to train. I'm going to have to train because I've got a desire. My desire is to do the hotter than hell, which is on a Saturday, and have the capability to stand up here the very next day <laughs> and preach. <laughs> so I'm going to have to train to get there. So here's what I'm doing. I'm doing it in increments. I started out going 12 miles. Then I went 20. Yesterday I went 30. Now I'm going to keep going more and more miles up to August so that when I go for that 100 miles, it's not a total shock to my system because I have trained myself to turn a desire into a destination. And when you've got a desire and you want to get to a destination, you're going to have to put discipline in between because you're, you can have a desire all day long. Desire doesn't do you any good unless you turn it into a destination. And the only way you're going to arrive at your destination is taking your desire and adding discipline to it. And when you add discipline to it, you will arrive at your destination. And those of you that are in college, you know this. You can want that degree, but that degree is not going to be dropped into your living room from heaven. You're going to have to put discipline to that desire and say, that's what I'm going to achieve, and then put time and effort into disciplining your life to get it. As a matter of fact, anything worth having is going to take some discipline to get. Amen. Come on, everybody. And so I'm beginning to cycle now more and more and more until I can do the hotter than hell. If I don't show up that next Sunday, you pray for me. <laughs> now I got to tell you, even though I know, even though I know 
then I'm going to train and do all of this recycling. Here's something else that is real in my life. That is not my main focus. My main focus, the time that I put into cycling is not near what I put into seeking God and training myself to be spiritually fit. Now, I want you to hear me, folks. Your joy in life depends on you becoming spiritually fit. Your ability to obtain the promises of God hinges on you being spiritually fit. You will not walk effectively with God if you don't bring your life under control and into some discipline to reach the goals and the desires that God has given you. You've got a destination in your mind's eye, but it's going to take discipline to get you there. You've got to discipline your life. Deep inside the hearts of most of the people in this sanctuary is a desire given you by God to grow spiritually, to do something great for God to conquer certain things in your life that you know you need to conquer and to maximize the potential God gave you. Potential is meaningless unless you use it. I care nothing about potential unless I use it. So I want to begin this series by sharing with you some indisputable, inescapable facts about spiritual growth and discipline. Here's the first one. Remember this. Godliness doesn't just happen. You've got to pay the price in spiritual discipline. Godliness doesn't just happen in your life. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, I thought it was a fruit that, that grows. Yeah, but for that, for that soil to be watered and fertilized and cultivated, it's going to take discipline, getting you in the Word, getting you in prayer, getting you in consistent fellowship with other believers and with God, for that soil to be watered and fertilized for the fruit to grow. See, you can't have a successful life without discipline. I know that we don't like the word or the word exercise. For me, the best part of exercise is when it's over. But I know that i got to do it if I'm going to be fit. And I know that I've got to exercise spiritually if I'm going to be fit. I can want to pray more. That can be a desire, but if I don't put discipline into my prayer life to reach the destination, it'll remain a desire, it'll remain a potential that is never tapped. I've got to discipline. I've got to train myself to be godly. I've got to train myself in godliness. If you're going to be a disciplined person, you're going to have to exercise discipline in how you use your time. People say, I don't have time. You've got time to do anything you want to do. You've got all the time you need. See, I can tell if you really want it by what you do with your time to get it. You can tell me all day long, I want it, but if I don't see you using your time to get it, you don't really want it. There were people that were up at 7 o'clock this morning just to watch the stadium get blown up. The former Texas stadium brought down. You know why they were up watching? Because they wanted to. You know why some people aren't in church today? They didn't want to strong enough. Come on, everybody. And you know why you're here? Because you wanted to. Because you're hungry. You want God. You want to grow. So you're here. And you've got to discipline yourself to get it. You're going to have to discipline your time, how you spend it. You're going to have to discipline your activities, what you do, where you go, what you read, what you listen to, what you watch, if you want to grow spiritually. I can't tell you how many times in any given week constantly. I walk away from that square little box that sits in the middle of the room like an idol, call a television, 
that has been primarily co-opted by the devil. There's hardly anything on it worth watching anymore. I, I just have gotten where I just walk away from it, and I go into my room, and I open up my Bible, and I feed my spirit. Because, listen, nothing coming over that television is going to feed anything that matters to me in my life. I need to prioritize what I watch, what I listen to, what I spend my time with. Because what you fellowship with is what you're going to become like. That's why the Bible says, have no fellowship with the works of darkness. And that's a whole other topic if you want to talk about TV. Because most of what is on TV is a work of darkness. And if you sit there and watch it and listen to it, you're fellowshipping with it. I just heard somebody say, well, Martha, I didn't know he was going to go into all this. We'll visit somewhere else next week. No, you need to come right back here because we're going to grow spiritually. God created every one of us in such a way that if we want excellence and we want to achieve, we're going to have to discipline ourselves to get it. When pitching great Nolan Ryan was in his 40s, in his 40s, as soon as a game was over, he would head straight to the gym. He'd hit a treadmill, run on the treadmill. Then he would pump iron while all of his younger teammates went home. And they said, how in the world is this old man staying in the game? I'll tell you how training, discipline. He paid the price because he wanted it. And so wasn't it great when he threw that no-hitter? And wasn't it funny? I'm sorry, but it was when that young batter thought that he could take on Nolan Ryan and he ran right smack into a hurricane, boom, 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 when he was going to try to whoop on Nolan Ryan. You know how that happened? Training. He ran into training. You say, Pastor Jeff, you didn't really like that, did you? You know, I, I did. I'm sorry. I, you know, he, he's going after my hero, and my hero just, you know. And they wondered how he stayed so strong. Training. Olympic skiing champion Lindsey Vaughn, who just won the gold in the downhill in the Olympics, trained six to eight hours a day, six days a week. Most days she got in three hours of cardio, usually on a bike. Imagine three hours on a bike daily, six days a week. She didn't just win the gold. She had a goal. She had a desire. She had a destination. But between the desire and the destination was massive discipline to get it. What do you want today? What is beating in your heart today? What do you want to achieve today? It's going to take some discipline to get there. Basketball greats Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, and Michael Jordan were blessed, no doubt, with natural skill that was brought to near perfection by discipline and training. Listen, they were willing to do what others weren't to achieve what others never did. How bad do you want it? The second irrefutable fact about discipline is this. Discipline makes you do what you don't want to do so that you can become what you really want to be. Discipline makes you do what you don't want to do so you can become what you really want to be. It's a funny thing about training. The discipline gets you in there. You have a desire, but then you're going to have to discipline yourself to get to the destination. But you take the Word of God. Let's just say that your desire is to read the Word of God more. And, and, but when you open it up, you just don't get much out of it. 
So you begin to drift from it, and you don't read it much, and you kind of depend on what you hear on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights, or you tune into some television preacher or whatever, and in your own private life, you don't get much out of it. But here's the deal. Discipline turns desire into delight. Because if you discipline yourself, even when you don't get something out of it, but you say, I'm going to read it because the Lord told me to read it. I'm going to think about what I'm reading because the Lord told me to meditate in it. I'm going to stay in the Word of God. I'm going to discipline my life to be in it on a regular basis. Then the Bible says eventually, and you'll notice this, what you at first didn't feel like doing, now you do feel like doing it. You love doing it. You get something out of it. As a matter of fact, you begin to greatly desire it because that's what discipline does. Discipline turns, turns uh, something that you're doing out of duty into desire. Most of the time, I don't feel like going out and cycling. But I find that when I'm about done with the first mile, something kicks in. And I really feel like doing it. And so I find a principle that if I, the more I do it, the more I want to do it. And the more I don't do it, the less I want to do it. And it's the same thing with spiritual things. You may not feel like praying, but do it. You say, well, I don't feel like it. You don't have to feel like it. Just do it. Well, I don't feel like reading the Bible. Just do it. Because you'll find that the more you do it, the more you want to. And the less you do it, the less you want to. So stir up the gift of God that is within you and do it by discipline. You're going to have to train yourself to be godly. And you know the problem with all of us is that we've got weak flesh. Anybody in here have strong flesh? Flesh is weak. Jesus asked his disciples one day, please uh, pray with me. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. It was his darkest hour. He was about ready to go and be crucified, and he knew what that meant. He knew what he was about to endure. So he asked the 12 that had followed him for three years, please pray with me. To a man, not one of them could do it. He went off and prayed, sweated as it were great drops of blood. When he came back, not one of them was awake. Every one of them snoozing. There you have a typical church. Not this church, but a lot of churches. Jesus says, hey, I need some people praying with me. They're all snoozing. I need some people that are alert. They're all asleep. Asleep in the light. And Jesus looked at them. And I, and I think he sat down and looked at them for a little bit before he woke them up. I think he looked at them and he said, Simon Peter, I'm looking at you. You're going to stand up and you're going to preach to thousands of people. But right now, son... You need discipline. And then he looked at John. There sat John. John, you've got such a gentle spirit. You're such a healer. One day you're going to bring great healing and encouragement to my people. But right now, John, you're a diamond in the rough. You need discipline. God looks at you and me. And you know what he sees? As the old children's song says, a great big bundle of potentiality. But you know what he finds so often? We're asleep in the light. And he says, you know what? One day I'm going to greatly use you, but right now you need discipline. I need to discipline your life, and you need some experiences, spiritually speaking, to ever be where I need you to be. And isn't it amazing that this Simon Peter stood up and under an anointing of fire preached the first New Testament gospel message. 3,000 people were saved. After all the inconsistency in his life, now Simon Peter is like a rock he walks down the street and people are healed by his shadow. He is not what he used to be. How did all that happen? He was a disciple. And that means a disciplined learner. 
Now let me give you quickly three spiritual purposes, three purposes for spiritual discipline in your life. Here they are real quickly. Spiritual discipline helps us to be godly like Jesus. Anybody in here want to be godly like Jesus? I know you do. And how often are you frustrated that you're not? How often are you frustrated that you seem to fall short? How many times a week do you beat yourself up? Do you stumble? Do you wish that you were a little bit more mature? Discipline is the way to get from desire to destination. Did you know that the top goal of all spiritual discipline, when you pray, when you read your Bible, when you stay in fellowship, when you go to the church, when you witness, when you serve Him, the goal for all spiritual discipline is so you would be like Jesus. Did you know that? People say, I want to know God's will for my life. I'm going to tell you God's will for your life. God's will for your life is that you be like Jesus. You know, we meet somebody's children and we say, he or she looks just like you. Wow, they look just like you. You know what God's intention for the church is? When those folks out there in a lost culture get with us, they say, you remind me of somebody. Who is it you're reminding me of? Ah, you're reminding me of what I've heard about Jesus. You're walking in love. You're patient. You're kind. You're long-suffering. You're gentle. You're meek. You're strong in your faith. And they meet you and I. God's desire is that we look like a chip off the old block. And all spiritual discipline is designed to accelerate our spiritual growth, that we are like Jesus. Listen to Romans 8, 29 out of the Message Bible. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. Shape the lives of those who love him. That's a Play-Doh kind of a word. You get a lump of Play-Doh and you shape it into something. God gets you and he goes to shaping us into the image of his son. We see the original and the intended shape of our lives in him. You, want, you know what God wants you to be like? Read it in the red ink. Read it in the Bible. And when you read about Jesus and how he loved people, touched people, ministered to people, was unselfish, was kind, served the Father, loved God above everything else, you're looking at a reflection of what God wants to shape in you. And he does it by the spiritual disciplines. Without discipline, that's not going to happen like God wants. The second thing about spiritual discipline, here's the purpose for it. Here it is. Spiritual discipline keeps our relationship with the Lord fresh and growing. Keeps your relationship growing. A strong relationship, how many of you would agree with this, with anybody depends on how much time and energy you put into that relationship. You know what we're in in Christianity? We're not in a religion. We're in a relationship. We're in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Now, if I'm going to stay in that relationship and it's going to grow and it's going to bear fruit and I'm going to get to know him better than I knew him last year, I've got to spend time with him and I've got to make an effort to be with him. I've got to have to do it. I'm going to have to discipline my life. 
And that's what the spiritual disciplines do. They bring you back to Him, back to Him, back to Him, over and over again. The spiritual disciplines keep you going to that watering hole. We hear so many divorcing people, they say this, well, we just grew apart. Can I tell you in love, you didn't just grow apart. You quit putting time and effort into that relationship. And when you quit putting time and effort into it, it drifted. Amen, Pastor Jeff, tell me the truth today. This is, this is just the reality of life. Who do you really want to know? Who do you want to get to know? Who do you want to grow in affection for? You're going to have to spend time with them. You're going to have to put effort into that relationship. And if you don't, it's going to drift. We just planted eight new trees out front. don't know if you noticed them or not. I hope you do. I love them. I love trees. And uh, we put eight new ones out there. Now, the guy that planted them came to me and said, the dirt that those trees are going into is bad dirt. That is, it's dead dirt. That is, it doesn't have any nutrients left in it. It's been around too long. It hadn't been worked. There's nothing in it that's going to feed these trees. You're going to have to bring new soil, fresh soil, and put it on top of these trees, surround these trees with it so the nutrients from the fresh soil can flow down into these trees. And when they said that to me, I immediately thought of the spiritual truth. Here it is. In the very same way, we can't live on yesterday's stale touch. We can't live on yesterday's fading experience. We can't live on yesterday's worn-out blessing. People say, well, I got saved and spirit-filled 10 years ago. And I say, that's great. But I want to know, were you spirit-filled last week? Were you spirit-filled yesterday? Are you spirit-filled today? Well, I got the whole thing all at once. You did get the Spirit all at once. But the Bible says, stir up the gift of God that is within you. The Bible says you're going to have to feed your inner man. See, we need fresh soil, fresh times with God, fresh experiences in His Word in order to feed the tree of our spiritual life. And the only way you're going to get that is the spiritual disciplines. They bring us regularly, daily to the watering hole of God's Word and God's presence and, and fellowshipping with Him. And that's the way we grow. This is why David opened up the Psalms with this truth. He said, blessed is the one who obeys the law of the Lord. He doesn't follow the advice of evil, evil people. He doesn't make a habit of doing what sinners do. He doesn't join those who make fun of the Lord and his law. Wow. Instead, he thrills to God's word. He chews on scripture. Listen how often day and night and night and day. How in the world are you going to be in the Word day and night and night and day? Discipline. Saying no to some things and yes to Him. Walking away from some things and walking towards the things that really matter. Because of this spiritual discipline, in this man's life, in the book of Psalms, listen to the impact the discipline had on him. Listen to what he received. He's like a tree planted near a stream of water. Even if there is a spiritual drought all around, this man does not 
perish because he has a stream in his life where he is being fed day and night. He's in the word of God. He's not dependent on what's around him. He's dug his own well. He's accessing his own well. He is digging into and dipping into and drawing from the well of salvation in his own life regularly. Then he says he always bears fruit at the right time. His spiritual leaves don't dry up, and everything he undertakes turns out well. Wow! There's the result of spiritual discipline right there. Now, see, we read that and we say, well, I want that. How bad do you want it? Well, that's where I'd like to be. Oh, yeah. Planted near a stream of water. You bet. Always drinking of the Holy Spirit. You bet. Always bearing fruit at the right time. That's what I want. I don't want my spiritual leaves to ever dry up. I don't want to burn out. I want to burn on. And I want what I undertake to be blessed by God. You better believe I want that. How bad do you want it? Do you want it bad enough to turn desire into discipline, into destination? And finally, spiritual disciplines are given to us by God that we might not stray into sin. I have a soapbox And here's my soapbox. You have got to stay in the Word of God. The spiritual disciplines bring you to the Word daily. Do you know what the spiritual disciplines do? They assure that you can never get further than 24 hours away from God. Now, wouldn't that be good? A lot of you can do a lot of damage in 24 hours. But you can't get further than 24 hours away from God when you've got the spiritual disciplines in your life. That means that every single day you say, oh, it's my time to get with God. Well, I don't feel like it. doesn't matter if you feel like it. You go do it anyway. And you get into this word. The day you begin to drift from this word is the day your heart's going to begin to grow cool. Say, well, Pastor Jeff, when I got saved, I mean, I got it. I got saved every which way but loose. I mean, I got turned around. Really? That's wonderful. But I guarantee you, you can fall. You can drift. And I'm going to tell you how to not do it. Spiritual discipline says, every day I'm in the Word. Thy Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. His Word is like a fire shut up in my bones. His Word is like a fire and like a hammer. The day you begin to forsake the Word and time with God, it's only a matter of time, not if, but when, you begin to drift away. And other people and other things begin to speak into your life. And as they speak into your life, and it's not the teachings of Christ, but it's the teachings of the culture, you begin to be polluted. You begin to be compromised. You begin to drift away from God. You begin to lose the desire to go to church, to fellowship with God's people, to pray, to be in the Word. And your whole uh, countenance and temperament change because you're no longer, you're no longer under the spiritual discipline and staying in the Word of God. The spiritual disciplines assure that we're regularly going to be with God. Are you? Are you regularly with God? Do you do it every day? Are you with Him, spending time with Him, reading His Word? The psalmist asked this question, how can a young person live a clean life? How can a young person live a clean life? Can I answer that? They can't. Unless... They take heed daily to the Word of God. Young people, I'm going to tell you, and not just the young people, all of you. How can a person live a clean life in this filthy culture? There is no way. 
unless you strengthen yourself with the Word of God on a daily basis. You've got to go into the Word. You've got to go into prayer and spend time with Him. If you don't, you can't live a clean life. You will defile your conscience. You will uh, drift and you will slide. He said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The more time you spend with God, the less you will fall, the less you will stumble, the less you will sin. The less time with God you spend, the more it's a guarantee you're going to fall, you're going to stumble, you're going to mess up, you're going to have regrets. So I lay before you today life and death. Discipline is the way we go from desire to a destination. Do you want to grow in the things of the Spirit? Do you want to grow in God? Do you want what He's put in you to come to pass? Let's stand together, can we? I'm going to close with this statement. With no spiritual discipline, your life is going to be a roller coaster of ups and downs, fits and starts, recovery and failure, toss to and fro, frustration and mediocrity. But with the spiritual disciplines, we're going to be looking at three private ones, three public ones. You're going to grow. You're going to conquer the things that need to be conquered. And you're going to achieve what God has put in your heart. So can you say with me, discipline is the bridge between desire and destination. How bad do you want to be there? Over there on the other side. You see it, don't you? A mature man of God a mature woman of God, free, influential for Jesus, filled with joy, successful, blessed, desire, discipline, destination. Father, we come to you today and we ask you to help us to bring that discipline incrementally in bite-sized chunks, not all at once, not A to Z overnight, but bite-sized, what we can handle. Lord, help us to get there. As you're bowed in prayer, I'm going to ask you as our church family, I really felt God put this on my heart to minister this word in the next few weeks that if we'll make a commitment together that our personal training in God's gymnasium is going to result in spiritual joy and fruitfulness beyond what we've ever known that many of our desires are going to be tur turned into achieved destinations by the power of a disciplined life. If that's you, can you raise your hand and say, Pastor, this speaks to me and this is what I want. I know it's what I want and I know it's what I need. I can't tell you how much I want it for you. I long, I long for you. Like Paul the Apostle said, 
I travail in prayer night and day till Christ be formed in you. And I want to see Christ formed in every one of you. Let me just pray with you and lead you in a prayer. Father, I pray over this congregation of saints, born-again people, and you've put in their hearts desires, destinations, goals to achieve, places to reach, things to do and accomplish within the will of God. Lord, I pray that you will help us to install discipline so that desire can be turned into a destination. Lord, I pray for that. I pray that you'll do a wonder and a marvel in the next few weeks, and this church will go up a level. It'll go up a level because every individual person in it has moved forward and is achieving more spiritually in the spiritual gymnasium, the training to make them mighty in spirit like John and Jesus. Now, would you pray this prayer with me, every one of you that desires this today? Say, Lord Jesus, I know I need more discipline to reach the destination you've given me. Help me to not waste my life, but to bring discipline to achieve and reach the other side of your call on my life. Now I want you, between you and the Lord, just thank Him that He heard that prayer. He heard that prayer. Thank you, Lord. My heart's one desire is to be If you needed this today, give the Lord a hand of praise. Can you? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.